It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic can win the Premiership title this weekend If they beat Livingston today Rangers would also need to lose when they head to Motherwell tomorrow Without Morelos and Kent There's an Edinburgh derby underway And other huge games to come Including Strugglers Hamilton and St Mirren going head to head I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Darrell Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans And what a derby is underway in Edinburgh It's been a terrific match 2-1 Hibs at the moment Two goals from Daryl Horgan Two outstanding goals for Hibs And they're trying to win at Tynecastle For the first time in six years Let's go straight to Celtic Park And get breaking team news Ahead of Celtic and Livingston With Alison Conroy and Gordon Deal Good afternoon Gordon Yep, Five changes for Celtic For this afternoon's game against Livington After that midweek win at St Mirren It will be Scott Bain in goal It looks like a back three of Jozo Simonovic Philip Benkovic and Christopher Ayer Then the four of James Forrest, Cal McGregor, Scott Brown and Kieran Tierney and Then a three of Tom Rogic, Odson Edward and Ryan Christie On the bench for Celtic De Vries, Lustig, Hayes, Cham, Sinclair, Weah and Burke I do have the Livingston team It will be Kelly in goal Then it will be Lamy, Lithgow, Byrne, Pittman Sybild, Lawless, Halkett, Gallagher, Lawson and Menga on the bench for Livy this afternoon. Stuart, Jacobs, Odfin, Robinson, Erskine, Tiffany and Devita. Gordon Dale, start with the Celtic team. Five changes and it looks like a, a slight change to the, the formation as well. Yeah, it looks a very strong start in 11, you've got to say, Alison. Um, you know, Christy, I thought, coming on on Wednesday night against St Mirren made such a difference. Uh, he brought a bit of uh, freshness, a bit of pace to the game. Uh, he was absolutely terrific. You've got uh, Edward up front looking for goals. Rogic, we said last week, didn't look fit at all. Mm. So a chance to get him some minutes uh, in his legs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. But uh, I've got to say, Celtic will go out here and try and win this game. They should win it very comfortably. They're at home. But take nothing away from Livingston because we were here in the first game of the season when Celtic won 3-1, Kenny Miller was the manager at that time and we were looking at a team that we all thought were going to be relegated. Gary Holt has come in and what a job this guy's done. What an absolute terrific job and he's got to take all the credit in the world for it. People will say, well, can they be a bit more open this afternoon because they've you know they're they're they're, they're mm. safe. They're going to be in the top flight next season. But you're at Celtic Park. The one thing you don't want is a hammering. And when you look at that starting eleven from Celtic, there's goals everywhere. Philip Benkovic came off the bench at St Mirren on Wednesday night, given the injury to Dedrick Boyata. How good is it for Neil Lennon that he's getting Benkovic back to fitness in time for this cup semi-final? Well, as I well? think I think Mark Wilson always said that Benkovic, in his opinion, is the best centre back that they've got. So and he costs a lot of money at Leicester. He's going back to Leicester, obviously, but uh, he's a big player for them. But I think it'll be comfortable for Celtic this afternoon. I think they'll have the majority of the ball. It's in the forward areas that I think Livingston will really need to concentrate. One thing about Livingston, they will be have to break mm. down. Uh, they're very well organised. They've got guys there that go and just work as a team, not individuals. So it'll be an interesting game. But I just think with the power that Celtic have got today, it'll be too much for them. So it is the five changes for Celtic for this game against Livingston. Well, it's a very strong uh, Celtic side and Neil Lennon must want the title wrapped up as quickly as possible. A win over Livingston today and the prospect, if Rangers should win tomorrow at Motherwell, the prospect of Celtic winning the league title 
at Easter Road How ironic would that be for Neil Lennon Sunday, April 21 The chance to wrap up the title in Edinburgh But some of Celtic football since Neil took over from Brendan Rodgers has been mediocre And none more so than the performance midweek at Paisley They need a performance today in front of their own supporters 60,000 strong at Celtic Park yeah, absolutely agree. I think one of the key things is uh, Neil managing to get wins. They, they have a great pool of players. You look at the other night, Christie and Edward can one give them that spark. Um, but again, it's about winning games. His, his remit was to come in and win the title. It looks as if that's going to be done in the next couple of weeks, if not this weekend. And uh, it's interesting, having spent some time with Chris Sutton the other night as well, he reckons even if they only win the double, they may well go on and give him the job, which I totally disagreed with. I think he has to at least get the treble. Are you talking again yet? Pardon? You big Chris talking again? If I'm talking to you, I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, so, uh, the whole market champions, Hugh said that you know their, their performances haven't been great, mediocre. They've still been winning games. Dropped two points since the Old Firm defeat back yeah. in December. So as much as it hasn't been pretty, it's been effective. And yeah. you see the luxury of the squad there yeah. with the likes of uh, Oliver Burke on the bench, Timo Weah who scored midweek on the bench. Now he wants to get players fit for the semi-final And make sure they don't incur any unnecessary injuries What a chance that is Huge chance for Hearts to equalise in the derby Arnold June blazes one over the bar It's Hearts 1-Hibs 2 with 79 minutes on the clock Uh, Back to that game at Celtic Park Gordon Diel It is the type of fixture that I would imagine The Celtic fans will be looking for a bit of style Um, Winning the games and getting the points and winning the title Of course is the priority But when you're at home uh, to Livingston with pretty much a, a fully fit squad now uh, the expectations will probably be fairly high yeah I think uh, a lot of Celtic fans travelling to Celtic Park this afternoon Gordon will be looking for a lot of goals and you've got to say when you look at the start of living from the middle of the park to the front they've certainly got that they've got great width Tierney will got them down the left hand side Forrest who has been absolutely brilliant all season will give Livingston problems down the right Edward will be looking to get on the uh, get into the goals again. Tom Rogage will be looking to get a bit of fitness and get back into this side because they are they are positions to play for in the semi final and then if they win that obviously the final as well. Everybody wants to be involved in that. So I think everybody is expecting a very comfortable win for Celtic. But take nothing away from Livingston. The one thing that Gary Holt has brought into this team is every single one of them know their jobs, know their responsibilities, and they will make it as hard as possible uh, for Celtic this afternoon. And uh, I think we're in for a real interesting game, and I'm looking forward to it because the playing conditions are absolutely perfect. So we will get goals here this afternoon of that, there's no doubt. Let's hear from Neil Lennon. Livingston have had a fantastic season they can give you a bloody nose you know they're a big strong team we know what's at stake we need two wins maximum to win the league they've been pretty consistent with the formation I, I, I like them you know I like their spirit I like their their team ethic I like the you know defensively they're very tough not to crack I think they've had a brilliant few years you know when you think where they've come from spectacular promotion last year through the playoffs and they've held their own brilliantly you know they started off the first half of the season really strongly Big strong team. They've got some good players there and good energy in midfield as well. So 
this is going to be another you know, right good game, hopefully. So the scene is set at Celtic Park. Hugh Evans, Daryl Broadfoot and Alex Ray are in the studio. Let's go around the grounds and build up to the other three o'clock kickoffs and get some team news, starting with the big one at the bottom. The Hope CBD Stadium is the venue. Hamilton and St Mirren, the teams, under the watchful eye of Fraser Wishart. As you said, Gordon, it is a big game and game of the day for me. A good game for both sides, of course, involved in the three-way battle to avoid relegation after the, we're going to the dreaded final but six of the, the bottom, sorry, bottom six final five games. Brian Rice said last week he doesn't know what to expect if he's saying I saw them here a few weeks ago when they beat Hearts 1-0 and then I saw them last Saturday when they were absolutely hammered by Kilmarnock and it could have been more. It was 5-0 in the end and he had into the mix 2-0 defeat against Livingston in midweek and Aki's maybe come into this game lacking a wee bit of confidence. But over the years as we know we've seen it time and time again when it comes to the crunch Hampton have pulled out a big result when it's been needed. For Saints recent wins against Livy and crucially last week against fellow struggle and they have given them a real chance of even avoiding the playoff spot never mind the automatic drop to the championship Oren Kearney made a number of changes to protect his key players in midweek against Celtic in preparation for this match and I think that just shows the importance of this game in his eyes and I think in everybody's eyes a huge St Mern support expected I think they've sold out the away game an enthralling but perhaps nervy 90 minutes ahead for the fans of both sides I expect it to be tight I don't think there'll be many goals especially as both teams are playing similar formations with five in midfield not surprisingly Brian Rice made four changes for this match from the team that lost to Livingston they go with 3-4-1-2 Gary Woods in goals a back three of Alex Gogic Matt Kilgallen and Ziggy Gordon in midfield Darren McGowan Darren McKinnon Regan Mimnaw and Scott McMahon with Mikael Miller behind the strikers Stephen Davies and George Oakley the subs for Aki's Ryan Fulton James Keatings David McMillan Tony Andrews Scott Martin Lenny Sower and Marius Ogpom for St Mirren seven changes from the game against Celtic in midweek Vaclav Hladki survives in goals Mihai Popescu Jack Beard and Matteo Music are at the back in midfield Paul McGinn Ryan Flynn Brad Lyons and Ethan Erhanon with Andreas Dreyer just behind the two strikers Simeon Jackson and the Danny Mullen the subs for Saints Jordan Holmes Stephen McGinn Cody Cook Lee Hodson Kyle McAllister Cammy McPherson and Anton Ferdinand and the referee today at the Hope CPD Stadium is John Beaton Let's hear from both managers then starting with the home boss Brian Rice Every game matters We'll get into split in 10th place Doesn't matter the results elsewhere or what happens here but I prefer to get into a split with a seven-point gap to St Mern than a four-point gap or a one-point gap. You know, so every game on its merit. You know, it's a big, big game. It's a big game for both teams. I'm sure uh, Oren's saying the same to his team. You know, this is a big one for them. Uh, we need to just make sure that we concentrate on what we want to do. Oren Kearney talking after the Celtic defeat in midweek, talking about the, the minimal damage done because his closest rivals couldn't take advantage during the week. Yeah, obviously, when, you know, when, when you find out the results afterwards, um, you know, particularly, I suppose, with the how tough our game was, you know, out of the three games, you know, it's probably the one where, where, where most damage can be inflicted. So, so for things not to have changed in that point of view, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's nice to know coming, coming off the back of this game. Kilmarnock have still got plenty to play for St Johnson missing out on the top six They meet at Rugby Park this afternoon And Mark Guidi's watching that one Yeah they do indeed Kilmarnock in third place in the league Just ahead of, of Aberdeen And it just goes to show what a terrific season They've had to hit a little lull in the middle But Steve Clark bouncing back again Although he has hinted this week That he may well leave at the end of the season That's something certainly Kilmarnock will not want to happen After an excellent 0-0 draw at Hibs in midweek They go with a 4-3-3 It's Daniel Backman in goals at the back Stephen O'Donnell 
Donald Cup, Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Greg Taylor. In midfield, it's Alan Power, Gary Dicker and Yusuf Malumbo. And up top, it's Chris Burke, Chris Boyd and Rory McKenzie on the bench. For Kelly, Jamie McDonald, Alec Bruce, Jordan Jones, Mikael Jolly, Liam Miller, Ross Millen and Aaron Tish Bola. For St. Johnson, Tommy Wright's team uh, unchanged after their 2-0 midweek win against Dundee. It's a 4-2-3-1. Xander Clark in goals at the back. Ricky Foster, Joe Shaughnessy, Jason Kerr and Scott Tanza. The holding two, Liam Craig and Ross Callaghan. And it's Michael O'Halloran, Callum Hendry and Matty Kennedy in behind Chris Kane on the bench. For Tommy Wright's teams, Cammy Bell, Blair Alston, Murray Davidson, Danny Swanson, Aaron Comrie. Liam Gordon and Sean Goss and today's match referee at Rugby Park is the man from the old firm game last Sunday Bobby Madden Mark Weedy as an old journalistic colleague of mine when Steve Clark gives an interview to the Midlands <laughs> correspondent of an English newspaper and says Kilmarnock is not a lifetime project for me mm-hmm. is that the bugle blowing <laughs> yes it is absolutely you know we know the drill you, me, you, Daryl, we know when that kind of thing happens, he's letting it be known that uh, he's just reminding people of what he's achieved uh, up the road in the past two and a half years, in case it's gone unnoticed, what he achieved at West Brom, Reading, number two to Mourinho, number two to Kenny Dalglish, etc, etc, and he's saying, if you fancy me, then come and have a wee nibble, I'll and, probably be up for it. And therefore, it's a, a warning for others who might be interested in Steve Clark this side of the border. So, I, I think Steve Clark. Wonderful job done at Kilmarnock Very astute job done midweek By getting the Midlands correspondent Of an English newspaper To come and do a wee interview <laughs> Yeah, and jobs up here here I take it you mean Celtic or Scotland Correct Best bugle what? impression I've heard all season as well Mark Weed, like by the way trumpet, Yeah, well done Well done to Mark Weed. I think I'll record that And use it again uh, in the future One more game on our feature list this afternoon It's at Dens Park Between Dundee and Aberdeen Dave Galloway's the man for that one Thank you, Gordon. Well, after six defeats in a row, Dundee are desperate to stop the rot as they sit two points adrift at the foot of the Premiership with just six games of the season to go. But they'll be up against an Aberdeen side which hasn't lost in the league here at Dens since December 2004. The Dons are also keen to build momentum, of course, after their midweek win over Motherwell as the chase for European football enters the home straight. Only goal difference separates them from Kilmarnock in third place. Dundee make three changes this afternoon. Cammy Kerr, Craig Curran and Callum Moore replace James Horsfield and Martin Woods and Kenny Miller in the starting lineup. So it's Senny Deng in goals across the back. Cammy Kerr, Ryan McGowan, Darren O'Dea and Nathan Ralph. Midfield, John O'Sullivan, Ethan Robertson, uh, Ethan Robson, I beg your pardon, Callum Moore and Jesse Curran with Paul McGowan playing just off Craig Curran up top. The substitutes uh, for Dundee today, it's Parrish, Kusunga, Dales, Kenny Miller, Nelson, Adenius and Horsfield. Aberdeen, well, they make uh, just the one change. Greg Stewart replacing Dean Campbell. Joe Lewis in goals for the Dons. Across the back, Don Ball, Andy Considine, Scott McKenna and Max Lowe. Midfield, Greg Stewart, Lewis Ferguson and Graham Shinney. In attack, we have for Aberdeen, Niall McGinn, Sam Cosgrove and Connor McLennan. The substitutes, Cherney, Gleeson, Wilson, Halford, May, Devlin and Ross. And the match referee, Andrew Dallas. So, Hugh Keevans, we didn't quite reflect fully on the Hope CBD Stadium. Hamilton against St Mirren. Yes. How big is that one this afternoon? Oh, huge. I, I mean, people might have laughed when Fraser said game of the day, mm. but he's got a very firm point because uh, St Mirren can go a long way to putting Hamilton Ackies in serious trouble as we 
uh, face up to the post-split fixtures or conversely Hamilton Ackies can put St Mirren deep in bother along with Dundee because I see Dundee getting nothing out of Aberdeen's visit to Dens Park today so it is huge the Omens are against St Mirren though the record yeah. there is terrible they haven't lost at home to St Mirren in 11 years is it and one six out of seven so in order for St Mirren to do themselves justice yeah. they need to make a real break from what has been a, a pretty poor mm. recent tradition there. I think one of the saving graces for St Mirren is, is who just touched on Dundee can't buy a win you know you look no. at the record it's something like four wins in 32 games it's ridiculous and so you know they, as you rightly say they are going to a place where it's no familiar but they have to turn the tables today because it gives them an opportunity to drag them back to one point and effectively put Dundee out of their misery what odds in a goalless draw He's shaking that off recently He's the man for the big occasion your, No your doubt about it Top goal scorers have five goals apiece Michael Miller and Simeon Jackson And the joint fewest goal scorers in the whole league Well, There we no, go. No. There you go Big chance <laughs> for call me the Grim Reaper <laughs> oh, Welcome back Dazlam Enjoy Fraser Big chance for Mark McNulty to wrap up the Edinburgh Derby But it stays Hearts 1 Hibs 2 We're entering the final stages So we will bring you the full time picture Next And we're also going to get All the guys involved As we look back On the biggest stories Of the week There have been quite a few Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets Results Every week Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans, Daryl Broadfoot And Alex Ray Are in the studio On the day When Hibs have just won The Edinburgh Derby At Tynecastle They don't have a great Recent record there But they have wrapped it up By two goals to one We will cross over To Tynecastle very soon And bring you all The reaction to that one What a day for Paul Heckenbottom The, the new Hibs manager This is the kind of stuff That enhances your reputation No end Hibbs hadn't won at Tynecastle for six years He goes there And he deservedly Won the match There were belated chances At either end that could have affected the final result But Hibs have won this They are lapping up the attention And even the chief executive Leanne Dempster Was in the Hibs end Not the director's box In the Hibs end A bit of a charm offensive going on obviously But no charm offensive needed now 2-1 well, winners Someone threw a coconut onto the field of play yes. I assume it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't her, her. So <laughs> that, I think we can probably assume that Anyway, we will go over to Tynecastle We'll give you all the post-match reaction When we get it as always at this time on a Saturday, Hugh, we look back on the biggest talking points of yeah. the week and we get all the guys involved. Yes. Where would where, you like to start? We've only got three and a half hours. Where would you like to start? <laughs> I start by saying uh, I, I think relations between Celtic and Rangers have deteriorated. It used to be that there was a grudging mutual respect between both clubs. I don't think it exists any longer. And Neil Lennon was extremely forthright in his press conference yesterday when he said of Stephen Gerrard that the only rational thing he had said all week was that Celtic were the best team in the country. Relations are soured at managerial level, at directorial level, at supporter level for sure. And the number one talking point becomes the Scott Brown issue. Uh, Stephen Gerrard misses tomorrow's match. One game touchline ban for what he said to Bobby Madden after the Old Firm game last Sunday Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos will miss the game because they were both red carded against Celtic my belief is that Scott Brown has been dragged into this as part of a balancing act by the SFA there has been a charge brought against both clubs for failure to keep players under control after the game was over I believe that Scott Brown should have come under that particular umbrella the players did misbehave after the final whistle but I believe 
that Scott Brown should be under that umbrella and not singled out for a separate charge. Mark Guidi, we've not heard from you this week on this topic. What do you make of it? Uh, well, I've been saying for a few weeks, um, Gordon, and just exactly what Hugh said at the start there, you know, the, the, the Scott Brown issue, the, the, the individual issues out of the way. I just think there's a real nastiness in there that's been hovering around for a while now. I remember it being the case more than 20 years ago when Rangers were going for nine in a row, then Celtic were trying to stop ten in a row. There was a real nastiness in the air when, when, when things were unravelling at, at Rangers seven, eight years ago with Craig White and, and, and Charles Green, all the stuff that, that, that happened there, you know, between supporters. And I don't like it. And um, when you see what happened last Sunday uh, on the pitch and then subsequently what's been going on all week, I think we need to be very careful. And I think I've been saying for weeks again, on the back of uh, behaviours from supporters all around the country, almost week in, week out, all season, the authorities, whether it be the football authorities, and I think they've got to try and take control of the situation themselves rather than let them get the government involved. But we have to put mm. things in place before it's too late. Things need to be put in place that are serious deterrents for supporters and for player behaviour because I think we could be in for a, I'll use the word horrible, couple of years. Does, it, does that mean, sorry, that, that you think the decision to cite Scott Brown is, is the correct one? Uh, it's 50-50. I can understand why he has been cited. I can understand why Celtic will uh, defend him. Uh, he was a victim of a couple of... Um, off the ball incidents uh, from Rangers players, but I, I think as the as the captain of of Celtic, I think he should you know he shouldn't get involved in other stuff. Let me just leave that there for two seconds, well a bit more than two seconds, till we get the full time story from Tynecastle. We'll come right back to it, Steve Cowan. Yeah, Hearts one, Hibs two, and I've got to say it's been one of the best derby games I've seen for many years. Umpteen chances created and umpteen chances missed, but it started early in the game and can bury first touch in the box, six yards out. He's got to score and he misses with a chance and then Ollie Lee in 17 minutes he's had a free kick from 20 yards out and he's hit the post really unlucky with that one then the goal started flowing in 25 minutes Peter Haring gets a header from an Ollie Lee corner into the top corner but just three minutes later Hibbs managed to equalise Malt Minolte cross and there was Darrell Horgan to slot the ball home one each at half time into the second half and it was in Hibs who took the lead in 56 minutes. Stevie Marlow and Darrell Horgan played a 1-2 at the edge of the box. And what a finish from Darrell Horgan. 20 yards out with his left foot right into the bottom corner. Then there was chance after chance that was created. And Miss McNulty was close with a header to make it 3-1. Marlon had a great 30-yard free kick. Great save by Bobby Lamal. And then with 10 minutes to go, Arnold Zoom, a chance to make it 2-0. He's missed from eight yards out with no one was around him and almost at the death Hibs made it 3-1 McNulty threw in Zamal again but a great save by Bobby Zamal so it finished here at Tencastle Hearts 1 Hibs 2 Big day in the capital we'll look back on it a bit later on and get some post-match reaction back to that the, the fallout from last week uh, Darrell Broadfoot the Scott Brown issue boils down to a couple of things on one side people believe that he was inciting the crowd goading the crowd and he should be punished on the other, people will tell you that is a slippery slope, a difficult situation to police. Are we going to start pulling everyone up for celebrating, etc.? Which side of it are you on? Um, in isolation, if and, and the compliance officer has clearly taken the view that if she thinks there's a rule breach, then she will intimate that uh, alleged rule breach. Based on Rule 77, the only part of that that I can see apply to Scott Brown is indecent and or abusing, abusive behaviour. So the gesture rule, as it was... Uh, a couple of years ago is no longer in place so 
Scott Brown hasn't been found guilty yet. He will have his day at Hamden, and, and based on what Celtic said yesterday, they will defend it vigorously. I completely agree with Mark Guidi, and there's, there's two strands of this. I think there's been a, a complete lack of decorum between Rangers and Celtic for too long, and right back to Walter Smith and Tommy Burns era when they realised that their responsibilities extended beyond the confines of a football pitch and a dugout. Um, it has disappeared. I think the relationships have cooled between the clubs and as much as you hear both sides saying we can't control the behaviours of society they can actually help improve the behaviours of society by I think taking a step above and actually showing that leadership I think in the absence of that in what fans, way sorry in, well, what, in what way well it's one thing coming out um, and after the event condoning it but for three four days we've had tit for tat manager versus player player versus player and the use of language I think has whipped up fans into a frenzy and I think there is a, a, a responsibility and a burden of responsibility on both clubs to go somewhere towards repairing that decorum at the same time Daryl if a fan of any club appeared in the dock in any court and said Scott Brown made me do it Ryan Kent made me do it they laughed out of court correct however I think we have to accept that and, and, and to take Mark's point the attitude the fervour among fans has been febrile at best now you can apportion some of that to Rangers fans increasingly fearful of 10 in a row Celtic fans um, increasingly excited about the prospect of 10 in a row but I just don't like the noises that have come from the club I don't like the fact that the sense of decorum isn't where it should be for two institutions Fraser Wisher in what uh, sense yeah, it's, it's a pretty broad conversation yeah, yeah. now but um, I suppose that specifically the the Scott Brown the, the charge on that one is that is that a concern for you or is that something that, that you would encourage well I mean a, a bit like Daryl I'm, I'm kind of looking at the rules and thinking you know where, where is he what has he done that's brought this charge I mean it must be something that I haven't seen I, I would think and uh, you know real no probability to be involved with Celtic and his lawyers and Scott and in terms of, of offering support and advice etc so I've got to be careful where we go with, with this PFA hat on but uh, um, the background to the, the gestures rule as, as Daryl was calling it was that James McFadden was sent off three or four years ago playing for St Johnston going off the park and gave it the, the gesture to the Hamilton Ackers fans and was sent off and we spoke to the SFA and said well it's actually a yellow card offence on the field not all gestures I mean some gestures are red card offence but they, they, that type of gesture so why should we be pulling them up so it was kind of changed slightly and that's why I had a lot of calls and comments about Josh Windass last year that's why Josh Windass wasn't uh, wasn't charged last year so I, I'm, I'm kind of struggling I think until I know the detail you, until you actually know the specifics of the charge it's very difficult to comment on it I, I mean we, we are in a situation where I played in Old Firm games at both Ibrox and Celtic Park. Supporters and the players weren't exactly cuddling each other, walking up to the games and on the field of play. It's always got an edge to it, and it, during the 90 minutes, it gets very feisty. And over the years, there's been people put in jail, there's been people, uh, players, there's been red cards all over the place as well. So sometimes happens because we want the players to play with an edge we want the players to get dug in we, it was a, such a vital game and a couple of players of course stepped over the mark and end up with red cards and then we did the stuff at the end of the game it happens and I, and I, th I think we have to isolate that one instantly we don't want to see it but uh, you know I, 
nothing to say that the, the releases are all time one. I don't know. Certainly, the, the, the liquidation element did, I think, damage the, the, the relationship between supporters, as does the modern world of social media. So, so that's maybe an issue. I'll tell you what's damaging is the volume on that PA system at the Hope CBD Stadium. Uh, Alex Ray, let me bring you in on this. Yeah, and what is it exactly you want me to say, Gordon, in terms of what is the question? Well, well Scott Brown, I think you've been quite consistent on how you feel, feel about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I said on Monday's show, Gordon, that I have no issue whatsoever what goes on the pitch in terms of if players want to have this little ding-dong and use whatever tactics as long as it's no overstepping the law. I don't have an issue with that. The issue I had with Scott Brown was he made a conscious decision, deliberately walked over to antagonise fans, particularly in this day and age, for me, it is totally unnecessary. And again, like Fraser Wishell, we don't know what the actual details are of the charge. So we could stand here and say, nah, or yes, whatever way you, you, you favour, because we don't know what the actual outline of that is. For me, I just think it's a responsibility. Going back to the overall picture, for me, both clubs need to try and get back to some sort of working relationship, all being professional, because I don't think we'll ever get back to the respect that we once had. We are at a stage now, Gordon, there is people... Uh, and Hugh's talking about a court of law but for me there's an undercurrent Mark Weedy spoke about it within Scottish football we see goalkeepers getting punched officials getting hit with coins uh, bottles getting sc- scudded at people's heads we need to get a grip and I think as a, a, a overall responsibility mm. for players to try and cool the beans right. I, I do want to try generally. I want to try and rein this in a little bit because it seems that the scattergun has come out it's not this. the purpose of this discussion was not to Cast up all of Scottish football's ills I'm trying to focus specifically a bit more on on stuff that happened throughout the week There's one issue that has to be addressed And that's the issue of natural justice Stephen Gerrard readily accepted the one game touchline ban For what he said to Bobby Madden I assume because Stephen Gerrard had no defence And owned up to his guilt and took his ban Ryan Kent had his day in court He appealed against the two game suspension His appeal was dismissed Therefore Natural justice has been served there He was Sentenced He appealed The appeal Failed Alfredo Morelos Had Not a leg to stand on And had to take His particular ban Is natural justice being served By calling Scott Brown to the stand now When I think he should have fallen under the umbrella of the club's failure to keep players under control at the end of the game rather than singling him out. Natural justice is not about balancing acts. Fraser Wishart, the argument we keep seeing, hear it on the phones, keep seeing it on Twitter, is that there is some sort of a can of worms, a slippery slope, call it what you will, that if you're going to punish Scott Brown for this, uh, we're going to see a lot more similar incidents. Do you go along with that? It's a catch-all regulation which gives the, the Scottish FA the chance, if nothing's specifically catered for in the rules, to, to pick up on bad behaviour that wasn't picked up and... Uh, Listen, I have to see the detail of what Scott may have done Something I haven't seen Certainly the stuff I've seen I'm really not sure what the charges Whether you think Scott was agree with it or not I've seen it all before I've been around the game a long time And after old-term game after old-term game There is always something that's a bit unsavoury There's always a bit of a battle There's always stuff that's on the park and the terraces It has always been that way And if you think back to it's important we don't overreact you think back to the incident with Neil Lennon and Alan McCoy seven, eight years ago on the side of the pitch went up with the offensive behaviour in the football act which was, which was flawed and everybody's talking about sectarianism 
Neil Lennon and Nelly McCoy were two mid-leads men misbehaving inside the park. They get on very well. There was nothing sectarian about any of that stuff. So it's sometimes it's important not to have a knee-jerk reaction, not to overreact. But yes, players, managers, everybody at football clubs has a responsibility, including supporters, to, to do things better. Gordon Deal, let me bring you in on this. We've not heard from you. Yeah, I said at the time, uh, Gordon, when it all kicked off, that players, staff, everybody concerned have got a responsibility and the boys are right. Um, after the whistle when Scott Brown, I, I, I looked at him, yes, he was celebrating. He's got every right to celebrate. They've just basically tied up the title. That's against their biggest rivals. Um, I don't think the gesture was appropriate, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and I think that's what the charge will probably be. But apart from that, you're talking about a guy that was floored twice uh, in the game. Uh, he's very good at this. He's very experienced, Scott Brownie. And everybody would want a Scott Brown in his side. But players and staff have got the responsibility as well. They've got to behave themselves. But I, apart from the day, I didn't see anything that I would look at and think, do you know what? That's really out of order. I said on the show, I would have loved to have seen them just shake hands with the rest of the Celtic players, with Rangers, get them off the park and go and celebrate with their own supporters. That's fine. But Scott Brown was standing there celebrating. Andy Halliday comes over. All of a sudden, it's hand, handbags. It just doesn't look great for our game, to be honest. And I think players have got to take a little bit of responsibility. We all know we've played in these games. How this game gets you. You've no idea until you've actually experienced it. You actually sit at night sometimes and think, I can't believe that I, I actually went that far. That's why, how it is. The atmosphere, the adrenaline, everything going. But I'm not into Scott Brown, you know, getting punished for what he did. I don't think it, it, it fits the crime. Just to be clear, I, I don't think Scott Brown did anything wrong on-field. I know people have been critical of the on-field behaviours. Scott Brown... As Celtic captain did everything he could to influence the game. Ironically, not his best game on the pitch, but did enough to influence the game in his team's favour. Off the field, the only thing that I have seen that could potentially be um, used is the, for want of a better phrase, the get it up you gesture, which we've seen before and there's been precedent and Fraser's talked through the kind of evolution of that rule. Where I disagree with Hugh is saying that it's a balancing up act. You have to bear in mind that the compliance officer was a hugely successful solicitor she worked in the Crown and if anything the criticism of the current compliance officers is that she's been too fastidious in the application of the rules the evening up is when Celtic and Rangers get brought up on a mass confrontation charge um, but I don't think Scott Brown is part of a an evening up and you well, have to give for all the criticism of the process and by extension the compliance officer someone from the Crown office in the Procurator Fiscal Service as a deputy I think she's dealt with far bigger cases and far bigger issues than just a balancing up of old firm on field. Well, the one thing that we will see and that is regrettable for football is that Celtic, I am convinced, will meet the compliance officer lawyer for lawyer. And this will become a full-blown legal matter. And we will leave that for them to decide, but we are galloping, galloping towards the day when government legislation will come in we are guaranteed for, for, for what though that's what I mean is, it, is this not where we're in danger of overreacting as Fraser Wishart yeah, says I, what, what, what required government reaction well, from, from the, the other day because well, you go back to the famous Ali and Neil Lennon yeah but a lot of people acknowledge that that was, that was a mistake yeah. so why would we do it again well because politicians do that 
football becomes literally a political football. And my guarantee to you is, and we've had a week in which an element of the Celtic support who persistently embarrassed the club have endangered the health and safety of players by throwing on what they threw onto the pitch at Love Street, or, or I beg your pardon, Paisley. This is not a separate issue, though. That's the point yeah, I'm trying to you, you take it all, up. take it all, though, as a whole. Take it into account the kind of season we've had, and you're talking about players allegedly inciting the crowd in a season in which Scott Sinclair was uh, the the victim of a bottle being thrown at him. James Tavernier is the victim of someone coming out of the crowd. Chris Boyd is struck from the crowd. We are galloping towards the day when the government will mm. take all of this into account and say, right. Uh, strict liability Whatever You will get legislation That fans won't like That the clubs won't like And that will be Inevitably The wrong legislation But it's galloping Towards you now Strict liability Will not happen um, th- There has been A rampant idiocy Throughout Scottish football This season From supporters Today Four or five Flares let off At the Edinburgh Derby And a coconut Thrown on the pitch We've had coins we now have a coconut. I mean, where will the madness end? And I think there's a an onus on the clubs and the respective authorities to do more, to have more robust processes, to show that the CCTV footage works this time, mm-hmm. isolate the absolute Neanderthal and make sure he serves natural justice, to give you um, his words. However, the footballing issues, the Scott Brown, is it or not, the fact that there's a process, the fact that both lawyers will... Discuss I, mm. whether or not he's found guilty Shows that the football regulations on on-field matters Is actually a good thing And has evolved despite all the criticism over the last 5-6 years I think we have to separate the two matters Well believe it or not There is actually a lot to like about the game There's a lot of excitement happening on the field this afternoon We're going back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Less than 15 minutes till kick-off in the big games across the country Celtic Livingston, Dundee Aberdeen, Hamilton St Mirren And Kilmarnock St Johnson in the top flight Remember the Edinburgh Derby's already finished Hearts 1, Hibs 2 We'll bring you the post-match reaction as soon as we can Let's go back to the Hope CBD Stadium just wonder, Fraser, about the implications of the result today. I mean, you look at Hamilton, for instance, a huge incentive if they were to win the game. Seven points clear with five to play. Would that would that be enough? Yeah, I think it would be. I hope you can hear me. I was just chanting Derek Ferguson sitting next to me. another broadcaster taking his back to Panama Jack days. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Honestly, the noise and the music. Jeez, oh. But uh, as I say, I'm getting old. Turn the music down. But, uh, but your question is absolutely spot on, Gordon. I, I do think seven points would be enough. I think if Aki's won it, I think it'd be enough to, to, to see them okay. Although there's some big games coming up. They don't. These two play second last game in the season. And then St Mern played in the last game of the season. I think that maybe I thought to put those is uh, hoping there's going to be a, a battle at the bottom so I think it's a big day for, for St Mirren but I think they'll go into it in better fettle than, than Hamilton Ackies you know I spoke to a few of the players after the game last weekend at Rugby Park with the Brian Rice as well and you know they were, they were just bamboozled they couldn't understand how they could beat Hearts here and they were brilliant you know they played really well deserved to win and then the next game absolutely hammered as well so I, I've got a feeling St Mirren 
won't lose this game I think they might even just win it by the odd goal there's a wee, just a wee bit of spirit Oren Kearney's put his wee stamp in the team and he's got his formation correct and he's uh, brought in a few of the younger players to bring in some legs like Ethan Aaron on the wing back has been terrific so I think I think St Man will win this one by the odd goal and that will really just see us have a fantastic battle and it will go to the last game I think uh, and it's up to Dundee whether they can stay, stay in touch with these two above them uh, Dave Galloway at Dundee Aberdeen how important for the Dons to get back to winning ways at midweek Dave against Motherwell it's been a bit of an inconsistent run for them indeed it has uh, gone after today five huge games for Aberdeen against top six opposition and also of course uh, a mouth-watering Scottish Cup semi-final against Celtic at uh, Hamden to come next weekend, next Sunday the victory would of course set them up uh, for that one, they got the job done, it wasn't too convincing against Motherwell but a vital victory all the same, down at the bottom of the table though Dundee, they're really running out of time aren't they, they uh, battle desperately to stay up, it's hard to see where a win's coming from for them confidence will surely have taken uh, a battering but an intriguing one lies ahead let's hear from both managers then Dundee boss Jim McIntyre first of all well it's another huge game and we're, we're desperate to get the points because obviously we've been on a really poor run of late uh, it's been tough you know because there's a lot of there's been a lot of chances that we've created and we've not taken you know and that's uh, we've been punished for every mistake that we've made but it's another game and it's another game it's a, at home and it's a chance for us to try and get the three points against a very good side who I've got their uh, their own agenda to play for, you know. So we know any time we'll come up against Aberdeen that they'll be going all out to win the game. They've got a fantastic away record, but we're at home and we need to try and make sure we're fighting for our lives and we're scrapping for everything that comes our way. Jim McIntyre up against Derek McInnes this afternoon. We're up against a team that are fighting for their lives, and although they've had a couple of disappointing results, you know it's. Um, their season's come down to six games. Our season's down to six games in terms of the league and we want to make sure that we do all we can to get that European spot, which for us would be a degree of satisfaction from that. Um, out with the Cups, who, where we've, um, we've done particularly well this year. So that's the aim for us, to go down there, um, be good enough to get the job done, but mindful of the fact that we're up against a, a good manager and a team who are fighting for the same three points. But listen, I know, I know Jim well. I know how determined he is to get things right there at Dundee and... Um, but he knows his job is to keep them in the league and we fully expect a, a, a tough challenge uh, Finally let's go back to Rugby Park Mark Guidi's watching Kilmarnock against St Johnson uh, Mark, it was probably a slim chance Kilmarnock had of catching Rangers anyway it maybe went out the window on Wednesday night but nevertheless a real chance for them to to do all they can between now and the end of the season and finish as high as possible yeah I mean it is an opportunity for Kilmarnock to, to finish in third spot they're there just now uh, a real battle with, with Aberdeen for Hibs as well now that terrific result for them puts them right into the mix to, to finish third too so you know that's the that's what we've got left in, in the top six who's going to finish third who's going to you know secure that uh, crack at the Europa League uh, during the summer and, and down at the bottom obviously the, the bottom six takes care of itself I'm sure Dundee obviously will want to take the points against Aberdeen but likewise they're maybe looking at, at Hamilton just pulling away and Hamilton winning today and Dundee I'm sure if you offer Jim McIntyre a playoff you'd bite your hand off for it Let's hear from Kilmarnock defender Stephen O'Donnell ahead of this one I think there's momentum building but seeing the, the, the spell where we were having the, the terrible run that people were saying we'd bl- blown up and we were I mean we're struggling we'd played the top teams about four times we'd played Rangers three times in the 
in the five games Celtic and all of them were close other than the 5-0 game we certainly have believed that we're, we're never that far away from a, a good result and, and certainly the last uh, four or five games I think the first couple of games were a bit of a grind but the last uh, Hamilton and even last uh, Wednesday night we were um, I thought the better team and playing a bit of good stuff at times so positive just hopefully um, St Johnson are a good side and it's important for us to try and get the win Hugh Keevans, it's all set up nicely Yes, I'll give you the words to sustain you throughout the rest of the afternoon Dundee have absolutely no chance <laughs> against Aberdeen And uh, to contradict Lord Fraser of PFA Scotland <clears throat> Hamilton Ackies will beat St Mirren So there you are, that's how the bottom three will turn around You've got today. to love them, haven't you? You've got to love them I, I think can't even disagree with them You can't? No I was in, I was watching the game on uh, Wednesday night with some minute the amount of changes we made and we thought right okay in preparation for today Hugh would that give them the legs to go and compete today that would be the interesting thing for me that change because it puts more pressure on them to get that result today I just think Hamilton Lackeys when you look at some of those results yes they've lost to Kelly heavily lost to Livy but they've beat Hearts and Aberdeen they're always capable of a surprise result or a result when the the, the chips are down and I, and I think they will win today and as Hugh said, I think Aberdeen have won, what, 11 of their mm. previous games? I can't see Dundee getting anything. Six minutes until kick-off across the country, particularly in the top flight. We're going back to Celtic Park next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Daryl Broadfoot, Alex Ray and Gordon DL are here and they're waiting to take your calls specifically on what happened today because it was a big day of football. Celtic blowing the chance to turn this into a potentially title winning weekend with a goalless draw at home to Livingston. What did you make of that, Hugh Keevans? And what else? Would you expect to be on the agenda tonight? Well, I mean, the, the Livingston result uh, is symptomatic of what Celtic have been doing recently. They are top of the league. They will win the league, but the performance levels are questionable. And any honest, discerning Celtic supporter would have to agree with that. The, the football is something far short of scintillating. Uh, with regard to the bottom of the table... You've got Hamilton Mackey's on 25 points St Mirren on 21 Dundee on 19 So it's pretty much as you were But the Ackies are showing the, the greater survival instincts And I'm sure they'll be okay At the bottom of the championship Four points separate five teams Morton, Queen of the South, Falkirk, Partick, Thistle, Alwa Four points separating five teams And plenty of football to be played yet when you look at the Aberdeen result, Sam Gosgrove has basically guaranteed his place in the Scottish Cup semi-final team. How many of the Celtic players have assured themselves of a place after that performance and result? Oliver Burke, by all accounts, one of the most horrendous misses oh, of the season right what at the death. Unbelievable miss. 73% of possession, 18 shots in the game, 11 on target, and couldn't find the winner. So it shows you that they're not struggling to create chances, but... It's just not quite there I think there's maybe been a debit after the old firm victory I think players now realise the league's ours I think the fans are now apathetic about the league Wasn't a full house today Puts more pressure on the semi-final Because as you've said before Neil Lennon is auditioning for his previous job And I still maintain that if Celtic win the Scottish Cup And get the league over the line It would be a massive risk for Peter Lowell to look elsewhere but with these types of performance and result, the questions will start to creep up. Absolutely agree. I think uh, performances will very much come into the equation when they're assessing things at the end of the season. I still think the league will be won anytime soon in the next couple of weeks. 
And uh, But again Listen to Gordon DL You have to give them credit uh, Livingston were very good Particularly in the second mm-hmm. half It wasn't a, ca- a case of a team sat in They actually started to try and take the game To Celtic when they could um, But as, as Darrell says They're not as clinical as they should be With 18 shots at goal The full time scores for you today Hearts 1, Hibs 2 Celtic 0, Livingston 0 Dundee 0, Aberdeen 2 Hamilton Ackies 1, St Mirren 1 And Kilmarnock 2, St Johnston 0 In the Scottish Championship Air United 0, Inverness 1 Falkirk 1, Alloa 2 Partick Thistle 2, Dunfermline 2 And Queen of the South 1 Morton 1 In Scottish League 1 Airdrie 0 East 5 0 Arbroath 1 Montrose 0 Dumbarton 2 Brecon City 1 Stenhouse Muir 1 Wraith Rovers 1 And Stranraer 2 Forfar 1 In League 2 Albion Rovers 0 Queen's Park 4 Annan 6 Berwick Rangers 0 Clyde 3 Peterhead 3 Cowdenbeath 4 Edinburgh City 1 And Stirling Albion 2 Elgin City 1 And quickly the English Premier League Bournemouth 1 Burnley 3 Huddersfield 1 Leicester 4 And Newcastle 0 Crystal Palace 1 Where you at again today You're just leaving the stadium Getting back into the car The bus The train Whatever it may be Give us a call Let us know What happened to your team today 0141 951 1025 Scott is in Bermullock. Hi, Scott. Good evening. Hi. Hi there, guys. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Scott. Um, hi, I've just come in for the game there. Um, don't know what you say about the game today. To be fair, I thought we were shocking. Um, I, I just... That's Neil going back now, the best part. Of, I don't know, is that two months now or so? And he's about seven or eight games. Something like that. And um, so far, we've yet to be, win a game convincingly. Um, just don't... I just don't get where we're going with him. Scott, I think you've got your radio on in the background. Turn the radio off. That'll that'll, that'll sort that out. Uh, Gordon DL, Scott raises an interesting point because you can always spin these things. Neil Lennon hasn't lost. Um, he's not lost any of the, the league games, um, but perhaps not as convincing as people would have expected. He's dropped points twice at home. Yeah, um, nil nil. Uh, against Aberdeen, nil nil today. Uh, let's take Livingston out uh, because give them all the credit and more. Let's talk about Celtic here. Now, first half, I thought they looked sharp. They were moving the ball very well. Only for a goalkeeper, Liam Kelly, I think Celtic would have scored goals. Lately, when I watch Celtic in the second half, they don't look the same team. Now, Neil tried everything he possibly could. He had Burke on the park, he had Wee on the park, you know, he had Edward at £9 million on the park, he put Johnny Hayes on the park, all, all t- attacking players. But they just couldn't break Livingston down. It was a flat performance the second half. Now, I listened to Darrell talk about Peter Lawwell, you know, wouldn't look elsewhere, may not look elsewhere if, if Neil goes on and wins the treble. I disagree with that. And the reason I disagree with it is simple. One... He's, uh, hold on, he's not he's not won the treble because the League Cup was in the bag. He was eight points in front with a terrific squad when he took over from Brendan Rodgers. The, st- the people round about here, is not they're not enjoying coming to Celtic Park. Now, just now about April, May, my personal thing is it's all about winning, getting trophies in the bag. I'm not paying the money. The supporters are paying the money. They expect more. They expect more against the team. No disrespect to Livingston. So I think that Neil has still got a lot to do if he wants mm. to cement this job. Yeah, Stephen's on Twitter with a similar point saying the bigger risk is for Celtic not to look elsewhere. The football is turgid, he says. Scott, you want to come back in? Yeah, I was, yeah. Um, I've, I've watched him when he came to Celtic the first time when he was the manager and um, our club record was absolutely shocking under Neil. 
Ross finals to Kilmarnock, Ross semi-finals to Ross County, uh, Inverness, Charlie, um, I could go on and on. Some of the games, some of the, t- the tournaments would be lost out and when Neil was there, a final against Rangers when Rangers were having a horrendous time here. Um, I just worry that we don't, we don't look elsewhere. I, I would be, I know, there's going to be people that want Neil back, yeah, Neil was a Celtic fan, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, you don't always need to be a Celtic fan to be a good manager. And that's what worries me. I think there's other managers out there that might do a better job long term for us. And today you were talking about your subs, you bring all your players on. You only move three players to bring one player on at one point. Well, three players. Celtic, three, that's shocking. Yeah, Celtic, that's shocking. Yes, yes, you've said shocking four times now. We get the drift. Um, you know, the the Celtic job is a massive job, and no one ever said that Neil Lennon was a shoe in from the moment he took over. And obviously, in the audition that I refer to, performances are taken into account as well as results. They're an enigma, Celtic. Gordon spoke about the second half and how frequently poor Celtic are and yet at the same time poor against Hearts won it in the second half poor against Dundee won it in the second half poor in the second half against Rangers and still got it in the end Uh, poor against St Mirren Ryan Christie's goal late on secures the points and now today poor again first half and second half so performances must come in to the equation along with results and Steve Clark is out there others are out there and at the end of the season Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell are obliged to assess the job and to see who is best equipped to carry it out there are no automatic choices I think it's fair to say that Neil Lennon's experiencing kind of reassimilation problems he made a point early on of saying that some of the things that um, he Inherited from the Brendan Rodgers era He wanted to change Maybe that kind of over elaborate style So he's tried to change it um, The point I was making If Neil Lennon wins the Scottish Cup It would be unfair Of him then to be part of An interview process I think that due diligence Will be happening As we speak But I still maintain It would be a hell of a risk For Peter Lawwell And Dermot Desmond To go against a manager Who gets you over the line in the league And wins the Scottish Cup And also who makes the final call? Because the last time Peter Lawwell went out on a whim on a manager, Ronnie. it was Ronnie Dyla. So that is the cautionary tale. Do you stick with what you know and what is in Celtic's you know, history potentially one of the biggest appointments they'll make in the pursuit of 10 in a row? Do you stick to what you know and look at that rebuilding job because you could be looking up to anything as much as 12 players? Or do you go for the risky appointment? You, you say it's risky But when you listen to some of the callers Because of the style of play It may well be risky If they're still chasing nine next year That you know, There's pros and cons in both ways here But they, for me as I said They must go down a route Of looking at three or four candidates Get get them in the room Assess where they want to go As a club mm. and as a manager Where you've got to sell yourself Because to not do that either Is for me Is a wee bit negligent At the same time Is Neil Lennon Gordon DL Well entitled to say Well yeah I, I took over at eight points But it's 13 points at the moment Yeah that may become 10 Tomorrow um, So 14 points of course Celtic picking up one So it may, it may get chopped to 11 points tomorrow If he's still managed to grow The advantage that Brendan Rodgers left for him Does that not Is that not another tick in his box? Um, yeah of course Listen he's in pole position Because he's got the job just now 
Now, I agree with Alec. I think that Celtic, as a duty to their supporters and everybody at this club, have got to sit down at the end of the season. I'm not against Neil Lennon getting the job. I really don't care. At the end of the season, I think they've got to sit down and look what is out there, what is available. And then assess, as Neil, as Darrell says there, the safe pair of hands that we're going to go with. Just getting the feel round about Celtic Park. There's a lot of Celtic supporters here I think 50-50 with Neil Lennon. Now, there's a big rebuilding job got to be done here because players will believe in a lot of them. Now, is it the trust in Neil who's come back for a second time? And sometimes that doesn't work. Is the trust in him to take this club forward with new players coming in? I just think the Celtic have got a duty to their fans to sit down and say, right, forget if Neil Lennon wins the Scottish Cup. What is out there and is Neil better option than what is out there available? What is out there, Gordon, will be determined by how much you're prepared to pay. And yeah. unless Celtic are prepared to keep the wage bill around £60 million and prepared to go for another Brendan Rodgers-style manager who'll cost you what, over £3 million, £4 million per year, if the answer's yes, then I agree with you. Then you can start to look at the... Highly regarded, highly paid premiership managers who may or may not be out of work. I think if the task is to make sure we get nine in a row, to make sure that we do that on a reduced budget, suddenly Neil Lennon becomes a more attractive proposition because he's been there before and he can work within that budget. So there's some big decisions in the Celtic boardroom. Yeah, but Darryl, Darryl, it's not just about whether you can get a manager in three, four million pounds now. I, I like Neil Lennon, I always have done. I like the way that he played uh, his style of football with Hibs. Now, take him at Hibs, and you look at, for instance, let's just pluck somebody out, the, 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 Steve Clark at Kilmarnock. Steve Clark at Kilmarnock this season was doing a better job than Neil Lennon was doing at Hibs. So, and they're not going, Steve Clark's not going, I'm not, I'm not promoting Steve Clark for a job, but Steve Clark's not going to cost you three, four million pounds like Brendan Rodgers. I'm just saying that for Celtic, Peter Lowell, I think, will sit back have a look at it. Yes, of course Neil puts himself in the driving seat. Of course he does. And if, especially if he wins the Scottish Cup. But I just think that he owes it to the Celtic supporters to sit mm. down and say, right, what is the best option for this club? Everything comes into sharp focus now. Next weekend, it's Aberdeen, Hamden Park, Scottish Cup, semi-final, the treble, treble on the line. On today's form, on Wednesday night's form... Celtic with one big job in their hands To try and make the final That brings it sharply into focus Then it's Hibs away Hibs on today's form That'll be some match at Easter Road Kilmarnock at Celtic Park Kilmarnock a permanent thorn in Celtic side Aberdeen away at Pataudry Difficult Rangers away at Ibrooks, Possibly without Scott Brown in the Celtic team And then Hearts Final game of the season at home so it's sharply into focus now And it's no longer Livingston or St Mirren You're talking about the top end of the market now And Neil Lennon has to provide results and performances Because if the first caller tonight can refer to them as shocking four times Then performances are under question We're about to get underway in the Grand Nationals So if that's your type of thing, I'll keep you up to speed on that I was tempted to get Hugh Keevans to do his own style commentary um, yes. But I think we'll probably, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it for another year Gary's in Shettleson, hi Gary Hi boys Hi Gary, hi, what's your take on today? Hi Oh no, I'm not going to slag Celtic today or anything like that 
Okay. No, I just think it's it's just so hard to play against ten men every single week, more or less. Uh, I know you're going to come back with uh, he's got a lot better players and all that, but it is so hard. Gordon's played football. A few other boys are like Rain that, and they should know that. Doesn't matter how good a players you've got, playing ten men at the back, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it, Gary is. Perfectly right Gordon It is tough But Celtic's recent Domestic success Has been built Around the fact That they've Been able to do that This is nothing new I mean it's not A new challenge Where Celtic Or Rangers Or bigger teams Have to break Opposition down Yeah most of the teams Especially here at Celtic Park Gordon Come with the same tactics Now you look at Gary Holt And he was quite right He looked at Celtic First half And Celtic Should have scored goals only for a, the brilliance of the goalkeeper. Now, in the second half, after five, ten minutes, he decided, no, I'll tell you what, I'll take my centre forward off, I'll put uh, a midfield player on, I'll put everybody behind the ball and say to Celtic, break us down. Now, that is hard, of course it is, and we all know that. But that, ha- that that's been happening every team that comes to Celtic Park domestically. And Celtic have found a way to break teams down and the minute they get the first goal they're going to be very comfortable because the game opens up but the big worry for me I don't know what it is I may be totally wrong here I have been watching Celtic now in the last three, four weeks second half the spark is out the team for some reason now I'm not blaming Neil because at the end of the day he put everyone on that he put the Burke on bags of pace he put Hayes on the the left hand side thinking right okay he can create something for us you know he put Wee on who who played very well against St Mirren but there's something in a second half and if you go and look at it since Neil came in I don't know what it is There's just something lacking Gordon just to contradict that Ever so slightly They win in the second half Yeah they won late on And by the way Hugh Let me say They could have easily yes. With Burt right at the end Won the game um, But oh, oh, um, no, On that regard then Gordon On that regard Is this an overreaction Because are they not An Oliver Burke sitter Away from winning the game And then no one has Has this conversation yeah, I think the the conversation would still come up, Gordon. I said that when you get in April and May as a manager, winning games is so, so important. And Neil's been able to do that. He will go on and win the league. I'm talking here just round about me, the Celtic supporters. With five, ten minutes to go, it's nil-nil against Livingston. This place absolutely empty. People had enough, just decided, no, I'm away, and they left. That's not like Celtic. And, you know, I just think that, yeah, they could have won it. They won it late in the last few games. They struggled here against Rangers, won it late as well. But I don't think just now it's enough for the Celtic support. I really don't. A lot of them might say, yeah, as long as we're winning, we're going to do the the treble again, that's fine. I just don't think it's enough just now. I think Gordon's right. Uh, you know, it is about performance and what encourages people to buy season tickets and what encourages them to stay to the end of the game. And they've been spoiled, absolutely spoiled, for two mm. and a half years by Brendan Rogers. Seven trophies in succession, uh, terrific football, the invincible season. That's what they buy into at Celtic, and they're not. Fond of what they're looking at now uh, Gary you're absolutely right It is hard to break down 10 men behind the ball But if teams know that that's What they can do And potentially get something at Celtic Park Everyone's going to do it So what choice does Celtic have Other than to find ways around it? This uh, but The people that are watching 
these games, they must have been getting uh, very frustrated. And and it's bad for Scottish football as well. People are, are watching it. Gary, Gary, the, the Livingston team have to come and set up the way they think they're going to get a result. They're not going to come out and go gung-ho against Celtic. Otherwise, they'll get trounced. And it's about nicking points for, for them. So it's not their, their job to do that. They're, they're just fighting within their means. And Celtic normally go over the line. Unfortunately, you're coming on here today saying it's very hard, but that's, you know, you're talking about guys that are on considerably more money, talented, and just didn't find a way today. Oli Burks had misses in the last two games that will ensure that Celtic will have no further interest in him when the season ends. Really? Oh, yeah. I just mean, because they, of two missed chances? No, I mean, they, you know, they cannot play him through the middle. They've got Odson Edward, uh, and Neil Lennon shows a reluctance to, to play him out wide. Um, I don't think that the kind of money it would take to buy Oliver Burke, I don't think that Celtic would have any interest in him now. Yeah, and I, and I think both for the fans and the players, the league is now a distraction. I think in the players' minds and in the minds of the fans, beating Rangers was effectively clinching the title. Mm. The only two games that matter now are getting past Aberdeen and winning the treble treble against either Hibernian or mm. eh, Hearts or Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Those are the only two games that matter for Celtic now. They're off in the Grand National I'll bring you a winner next As well as The beginning of hearing from today's managers Some interesting views I'm sure They're coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Get the result you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com The games are over The talking begins 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Open Line Hugh Keevans, Gordon Yell, Daryl Broadfoot, Alex Ray All here, all waiting to take your call So let's hear from you What did you make of your team's performance and result today? And maybe tomorrow is on your mind as well Rangers fans preparing to head or watch the game at Fir Park What are you expecting? Uh, how much longer can you keep the pressure up on Celtic? They're certainly closing in on the title But it will not be this weekend Fitzy's on Twitter Frustrating game from Celtic Really wish we would just throw balls into the box in games like this At least for the last 10 to 20 minutes There was way too much back passing Liam Kelly did play a blinder to be fair to him uh, And Willie Egan wants a special mention for Hamilton Aki's Regan Mimna With his man of the match against St Mirren At the age of 17, Hugh Keevans yeah, How him. many garments of clothing do you own? That are older than 17 Just about all of them <laughs> I thought that Good answer 01419511025 John's a Celtic fan in Coatbridge Hi John Hi guys, how you doing? Hi John, uh, John. See, see before I make my, my point uh, Gordon mm-hmm. I think Big Derek was absolutely banging out order last night The way he slagged Scott Brown And he's huge team as he's due I've, I've listened to Hugh all week And Monday night And he's back Scott Brown up all the way Scott Brown didn't cause any of this carry on Right, as Alec raised, I mean, I can say a lot of things about Alec Ray. I've seen him done the football park and see Gordon Dale. Gordon Dale's an absolute legend on here, an ex Rangers player who says it what it's like. But it's time sometimes Big Derek's sort of seen it without the blue tinted glasses. You know what I mean? All right. But my, my point being the day, eh? I've just fainted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Gordon, all, all the Celtic fans. In eight years, mate. Yeah. First compliment in eight years, thank you. Uh, brilliant, but honestly, Gordon, you see it where it's like, you know what I mean? But anyway, I can't believe the day Neil played three centre backs, honestly. It's just, it just took, took me by surprise. And as, as he's alluded to as well, sometimes in the second half, Gordon, we're as flat as end. I don't know what the problem is. That's how, as much as I love Neil Lennon, I don't want him to get the job, you know what I mean? Gordon, how much did playing three centre backs impact today? Well, I think a lot of Celtic fans recognise Celtic with the. Uh, 
the four-two-three-one formation under that man that we don't want to talk about. <laughs> it was a funny formation today. It was a three, a one, a four, a one, and then a one. You know, it was just like get players on the pitch, and you know they were expecting to beat Livingston. Of course they were. They're at home. They've got better players than Livingston, and you think right, get as many forward-thinking players on there, score a few goals. It didn't happen for Celtic. You you could actually, after the first half, you're looking at it and you're thinking right. To be fair to Celtic, they created chances, they moved the ball. I thought Forrest was absolutely brilliant first half, creating quite a lot of chances for his, his teammates. Didn't put the ball in the back of the net because of the goalkeeper. But once again, the second half, flat as a pancake. Yes, in the last few games, they found a way to score a late goal, and it could have happened today. But I don't think they deserved in the second half to beat Longson. The miss from Ollie Burke, I've seen it now. It's comical. And that's why I don't yeah. think Celtic will have any further interest in him. It won't just be because of that one miss, no, though, will no, it? That's, that's he's, the point he's I'm trying to get He's had plenty of games for Celtic. He scored four times. This is not the highest standard in the world. This guy has been about and has cost tens of millions of pounds. Celtic won't pursue any interest in him. I spoke to a friend of mine, gone just before you crack on there, and he's a, a big Celtic man, home and away. And he says he would take Burke at the drop of a hat purely for the point of view as he feels over the course of a season he, that his power and pace would terrorise people. However, what he did say was Europe is not so sure because it's a different playing field. Brendan Rodgers was a good fit for Ollie Burke. A manager who'd give you a cuddle. A manager who'd make you feel wanted. That's I mean, Oliver is a shy lad for somebody who's six foot plus and built like a barn door. <laughs> from, from, from his perspective... What's the next step for his career? He's been open to staying at Celtic. Is he Neil Lennon's type of player? I think in Scottish football terms, of course Celtic would want to keep him. Two seconds just to tell you, Tiger Roll has won the Grand National. Back-to-back wow. wins. The first horse since Red Rum to do wow. it. What a success that is. They'll History. be parting down there tonight, I'm sure, Hugh Keevans. History entry. On you go, John. Aye, uh, uh, Daryl, what, what, what makes you think Neil Lennon is the man for the job? Because I know you've said it all day, pal um, Because I think if he wins the Scottish Cup I think it would be a, a difficult sell From Peter Lawwell and Dermot Desmond's perspective To say goodbye to the guy who helped get the league over the line Won the treble treble When there is a job of work to be done in the here and now There could be up to 12 players leaving over the course of the summer There's an inherent risk when you get to nine in a row that's when dreams of 10 suddenly become very, very real for Celtic fans. And Rangers will be preparing to end that dream. So I don't think Celtic can wait until the end of the season, then have an interview process or a beauty parade to put in a manager when they have five players going back on their loans. Boyata already agreed a deal in Germany. Doris De Vries, Comper, Izaguerri, Lustig, Gamboa, Scott Allen all out of contract Near Beaton and Johnny Hayes out within a year There is a big rebuilding job to be done And it depends on the budget If Celtic have the Hollywood budget again That attracted Brendan Rodgers Then Neil Lennon might not be the person But I go back, sorry if you let me finish I go back to the point Peter Lawwell produced Ronnie Dyler And that will always be at the back of the mind And I think sometimes it's better to go with what you know Especially if And I don't know if it will be yeah. But I, I can assume I think with A fair degree of accuracy That the wage bill of 60 million Is something that the club Would be quite keen to Reduce John 
Aye, well, most of the players you mentioned, uh, Daryl, I mean, well, 65-70% of the players are not first-team players, they're, they're squad players. Right? When's the last time Scott Allen played? Which I feel sorry for because I think he's not a bad player. And he's, he's, took, he's, he's digging it, he's just stood and said nothing. And if is not the goalkeeper... Lustig is coming to the end As a Gary was just there as a stopgap right? so these People, guys people genuinely believe that Benkovic is the best centre-back yeah. And chances are he'll I mean, go back to Leicester I wouldn't play Boyata in a street team I don't care what Emdy says And it's last week again It seems to me he plays against Rangers He's, a, he's an absolute nightmare so but, he does. but before we get to any of this Who's the best, this, that or the other Who's going, who's coming in Before we get to any of that It has yet to be established Who will be the manager Gordon Deal yeah, I think there. Uh, there's a rebuilding job. Um, I think the difficult is going to be Boyata and Benkovic, obviously two centre backs that I do like. Uh, will you know they will leave the club? It just depends on Peter Law. You can't just throw Ronnie Dial up at Peter Lowell all the time. I think Peter Lowell's done a terrific job for this club. Uh, yes, Ronnie Dialer. Uh, wasn't the the, the, the favourite from the fans, but still won uh, trophies. Um, I just think that I'm I'm not against Neil getting the job. I like Neil Lennon as a manager, but I just think I keep saying that. Just listen to Celtic fans round about me. They're not happy. Um, with the style of play they're not happy with the pace of the play the formations baffle a lot of us sometimes um, but I just think it's down to the end of the season I think you can't afford to wait I think you've got to get the next one correct so you just don't rush in because Neil Lennon's come in and all of a sudden basically won the Scottish Cup I know you can give him credit for getting Celtic over a line but I just think that you've got to look to see what's out there and then decide. And if Neil is the best man for the job, let him get on with it. Neil Lennon coming soon. Let's hear from Gary Holt first. I'm delighted. We spoke about, about not being nervous, not, not being apprehensive. Celtic will have the ball. Stats and facts back that up. Throughout the season, they dominate possession. So we said to them, within our game plan, within our structure, don't, get, don't suddenly think I need to go and chase the ball, I need to go and put pressure. You'll get chances. You'll get chances to get on the ball. And uh, but you have to be, you, you have to believe that you can get someone at the game. If if you don't, and if we turned up, not believing we could get anything, it would have been a long afternoon. Um, but I think to a man, I'm proud of every single one of them. They put a shift in, the three coming off the bench as well. That's all you can ask. Some great saves from Liam, particularly first half. Like you, you come to these places and you play the bigger sides. You're going to need most of your players, or 99 percent of your players playing at the top level, uh, and your goalkeeper having an outstanding game. Thankfully for us today that happened um, and he made some probably routine saves for Liam. Being honest, he'll be happy with that. He's not happy with the one at the end. Over 90 odd minutes, I'll take one. It maybe gets away from him and I thought he was excellent and he deserves his, his clean sheet as a, the rest of the boys do. One thing they always give you is just everything, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I, I kind of spoke about it uh, on Thursday. They, they don't know when, when to give up. They don't know when they're done. They, don't, they just, And th- this is the thing, I don't think it's sunk in what they've achieved this year. They don't realise, they don't understand it, how much an, uh, achieving it is to stay in this league as a promoted side through the playoffs, with what, where they've come from, what they've done, and they just want to come to these places. And as we spoke about, come and embrace it. Come and embrace it and play with a smile on your face and go and run about like wee boys, and they've done that today. Let's also hear from Stevie Clark, shall we? Another routine win for Kilmarnock, 2-0 against St Johnston. They're in third place. Uh, as Man City go one up already on Brighton Young Archie, your grandchild is there in the Brighton end With his strip on Hugh and his dreams have been shattered in three minutes 
Teams go behind early <laughs> And win There's plenty of time Yeah good luck with that one Let's hear from Stevie Clark Yeah good afternoon Good three points A little bit wasteful in the second half But we had a few more goals So would be The only thing that would be disappointing You've kept I think day, Five clean sheets out of your last six matches That must be really pleasing No it's something we work on We work on a lot Defensive solidity I think we've got A number of clean sheets over the season uh, My goalkeeper my back four But are all good defenders, but we, we defend well as a team. We start at the top, uh, defend well, keep it, always keep a good shape if we can, uh, be compact and, and difficult to break down. I always believe that if you defend well, you've got a great chance of winning games. Chris Boyd showed the performance that he can do and terrorised the defence and scored the goal and was unlucky with Terrorising the way you say that. They showed his experience holding the line and, and doing everything. No, he's had, listen, he's, he's, he's one of a number of players that's had to be really patient this year because obviously earlier in the season we had Greg Stewart and Brophy doing great things. Since January I brought in Conor McElhenney who's done really well for me. Uh, and Chris has had to be patient on the bench. And Sometimes when you're a goal scorer and you're not getting the chance to play you lose that little rhythm. So it was nice to see him get on the score sheet, albeit with a penalty. He should have scored with a header in the first five minutes, if I'm being honest. But no, he's, he's, he's a key part of what we do here, Chris, and it's, it was important to, for him to get that goal, so it's, that's pleasing. Should you have had a few more goals, you think, in the latter stages? Yeah, absolutely. We've got in some great positions. Uh, one or two decent efforts, but quite a lot of poor choices in the final third of the pitch cost us. I think we could have been gone away with a, a scoreline similar to the one that we produced here against Hamilton Five points behind Rangers That may well go back up to eight points mm-hmm. tomorrow So whether that's too much or not We'll find out in the, the coming weeks But levelling points with Aberdeen Kilmarnock are in third at the moment Thanks to that superior goal difference And that race for third Or maybe even sneaking up on second That's going to be brilliant for the next couple of weeks Just steady, reliable work From Stevie Clark and his players You know, the, the, talking about Chris Boyd Daryl mentioned it early in the programme That this is someone who is closer to giving the game up Than going forward And he's getting a tune out of him uh, And out of the Chris Burks of this world And Dicker And the list is endless Just steady, reliable, good work from this guy And for the avoidance of doubt If Neil Lennon is not the person That Neil Lennon uh, That Peter Lowe wants to take Celtic forward Steve Clark has to be in the reckoning The noises as Hugh said from his West Midlands uh, interview, suggests that his life, his remaining career, is in England. But if Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond have a wish list, Stephen Clark has to be on that. Scott's and Mary Hill, what's your point tonight, Scott? Hi, Carl. Hi, panel. Uh, listen, I'm just back to uh, the park head to just back to the game. Uh, it just seems in recent matches like, there's a spark missing. So there's something missing. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any urgency. There's no creation, there's no, they're not using the wings, there just seems to be something missing. If I look Brendan Rodgers left, there's like a kind of, kind of a, a, a lull. And I, I know Neil's kind of stepped in, but it's just like, I remember watching Neil's uh, Hibs teams, and it was always high pressure, fast moving, ball was getting moved a bit quickly. It just seems like there's no invention within the team just now. Uh, and it seems, we seem to play better away for Parkhead, away, away matches than we do at Parkhead. It just seems to be like there's something missing just now. Well, whatever it is that's missing, they better find it quickly Because Aberdeen and the cup tie a week tomorrow Puts the treble treble in jeopardy And then no more St Mirren's and Dundee's and Livingston's You're up against the quality end of the market uh, Hibs, Kilmarnock, Rangers, Aberdeen and Hearts to finish on 
So uh, the vital spark had better be rediscovered. Gordon, what do you make of Scott's mm. comments? Is that is that accurate to say they're not perhaps as high pressing as as they were, or as you would expect? I, I agree with Scott because I said it earlier in the second half. I seem to find that it goes flat. Every every game I've watched under Neil Lennon, especially here at Celtic Park, it goes flat. Now the argument is once again we'll go back to well the the, the win games late on. If they win winning games late on, Neil would be under severe pressure. I look at, for instance, McGregor, who I think is a magnificent football player. He's not influencing the game. I don't know if it's because of the formation that doesn't suit him. I've no idea. The only one for me just now that seems to be enjoying his football and and playing at the top of his game is Forrest. I thought Forrest, especially first half. That's why I think Gary Holt decided to take off Lammy because he must have been dizzy in the dressing room. Forrest was absolutely going by him like he wasn't there. But the rest of the team especially in a second half, look out of sorts. And they're getting away with it because they're scoring late goals and people are saying, like myself, so I'm first to put my hands up, saying, well, it's all about winning games. That's OK for me, but the Celtic supporters come here, they've been, they've been spoiled, you've got to say, under Brendan Rodgers, and they're looking for the same style of football. When things aren't happening... Months ago, when Brendan Rodgers was here, he would make a substitution mm. or a tactical decision, and all of a sudden Celtic would mm. kick into gear. That doesn't seem to be happening. I think a real examination of Neil Lennon Celtic will come next week, and this experiment, the technical or tactical experiment, clearly didn't work, but you can bet your bottom dollar that the team will look familiar mm-hmm. next week. I would imagine Lustig will be back at right back. Centre-back options remain pretty much the same. You'll have Brown, McGregor and Cham Or maybe Rogic in the middle of the park Forrest one side Possibly Sinclair back in And Edward up front And when the chips are down That Celtic team has delivered more often than it hasn't Rangers looking to keep up their end against Motherwell tomorrow If you want to look ahead to that one Now's your time to call 0141 951 1025 And we will hear from Neil Lennon next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com After they play You have your say 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Open Line It finished Celtic nil Livingston nil In the big game in Glasgow today Elsewhere Hearts 1 Hibs 2 Dundee nil Aberdeen 2 Hamilton 1 St Mirren 1 And Kilmarnock 2 St Johnston nil. That completes the picture in the top flight Still time for you to reflect on those And look ahead to Motherwell against Rangers tomorrow So let's hear from you on the phones Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB Neil Lennon has been speaking after that draw Many of the Celtic fans on the phones are frustrated Here's what the manager had to say It's frustration really I think that's the, the word I'm looking for Because we had great chances You know quality chances as well And um, even at the end in the 93rd minute We've got a great chance to win it So the performance was decent you know, first half very good, second half a little bit huffy and puffy, but you know, we've got a bit of width in the team and again we created some really good chances to win it. So I just think we overplay. I just think at times we can get the ball forward a little bit quicker. But again it's um it's not the result we wanted, but we'll have to accept it and take it and move on. Were you looking for something better just in terms of what a big game you've got next weekend? Well looking for the likes of Roger, Christie, Bankovic, all to get game time. Um, you know we've 
rotated the squad a lot. This, you know, with four changes the other night, with more changes today, and a change of formation as well. You know, just to freshen things up. The likes of Incham had been out for quite a while. You know, he's had a, a long break. He's played two games. You know, Joe's will come back as well. So it's been difficult to get continuity in team selection, but with the three games in six days, it's been a big ask for the players. So um, we had to, you know, make a few changes for the benefit of the long term. Do you feel in general, I assume, kind of quite flat at times around the stadium? Yeah. Um, is that what kind of feeds off which one? Is it the players feed off the fans or is it vice versa? It can be a bit both. I mean, it's was total, total extreme from last week, you know, and the, the tension and the, the, the intensity of the game. And, you know, sometimes the, the fans need to be excited. And I thought, to be fair, that the players did everything they could, particularly in the first half with the, the quality of football and the chances they created to, to really get things going. But just like that little bit of punch today. RV is on Twitter, says, I think everyone's forgetting we've played like that all season before Lennon took over. Those were the thoughts of the Celtic boss. What does Tony, a Celtic fan from Blackpool, make of it? Hi, Tony. Hi, good evening, guys. Thanks Hello. for having me on. Um, just the, the bus is actually waiting for me to set off, so I'll make my point quickly. Um, as, as much as I'm frustrated and I understand the frustration of the fans today, I think watching, actually watching Livingston, it was fascinating watching them, how they played and how they set up. They had a back line of, I would say, seven guys most of the game. And as one was drawn out, another one was, getting, was like going back in in his place. And to play against, that's really, really difficult. Um, unfortunately, as much as I think Lennon was the right man for the job at this time, I don't think he has the tactical awareness to break that down. And, and that's where we suffered. I've, I've seen us play a lot worse this season. I don't think we played that bad. But we really were up against a, a bus, parking a bus, and, and that's what made it so difficult. Well, you know, you can talk all you like, and you're the second Celtic supporter to be on talking about the defence and depth from Livingston. But at the same time, Neil Lennon has just said in his interview that Celtic had quality chances. So, you know, the, the, it's true of Livingston that they might have defended in depth. It's equally true that Celtic had quality chances and just didn't take them. And for the second season, uh, second time this season, get a goalless draw with Livingston. And for the second time uh, since Neil took over from Brendan Rodgers, a nil-nil draw at Celtic Park. Aberdeen nil, Celtic nil, and now Celtic nil, Livy nil. The most interesting quote from me was, again, reference to we overplay at times. The team clearly aren't playing the way that Neil Lennon wants, and he said right from the start, you know, too many passes from the goalkeeper, too many yeah, passes through the defence. So clearly, stylistically, there's something not quite right there, which maybe goes back to Gordon's point on it's not quite as free-flown or as fluid as it should be. But I go back to the main fact. Tactics, technical... Those players should be able to beat Livingston. It doesn't matter whether it's a 3-1-4-1-1 or a 3-5-2 or a 4-2-3-1. Celtic's players are better than mm. Livingston's. And as much as it's a disappointment for Celtic, again, it shows that Livingston have got a shape that makes it really, yeah. really difficult to break I down. mean, Gordon, because th- there is a potential reading of this. It may not be one you agree with. That if, if Liam Kelly doesn't play quite so well, we're not having this conversation at all. But that's what he's there for. I think that Livingston were absolutely brilliant today. Really, because you can go as a Celtic supporter and say, well, they part the bus. Of course they're going to part the bus. This is a team that's come up from the first division. Not a lot of money. The players not in a lot of wages as well. They're in a decent living, but not in the same bracket as Celtic. They're at Celtic Park. What are they going to do? I thought Livingston, with their tactics, with their resources, were different class. 
see if I hear another manager. This is my worst, <laughs> the worst quote I've ever had. That was three uh, three games in six days. I'm sorry, you've got a squad there that's unbelievable. You can change. Do not give us excuses of three games in six. You should be beating Livingston here at Celtic Park. No matter how many buses at park, with the quality that Celtic have got, yes, they made chances in the first half. Liam Kelly, I thought, was superb. I didn't think they made that many great chances second half until Burke misses a sitter that would have got them out of jail again and won the game. Well, the, the one thing for sure, Gordon... The three games in six days excuse won't be there next week because it's eight days now until Celtic mm. play again and that's against an Aberdeen team who will not park any buses at Hamden who will come to try and make the Scottish Cup final. Next week, a week tomorrow, there's an acid test for Celtic coming up. Final word to you, Tony, before that bus sets off. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what they're saying, and I wasn't in any way being detrimental to the fact that Livy did park the bus. As I say, they played a great game, and you're right, it will be difficult next week against Aberdeen, but we are still by far the best team in the country, and I'm quite sure that we're going to show that next week. All right, thank you, Tony and Blackpool. Safe trip home to you. Let's look ahead to tomorrow's game briefly. Here's Stephen Gerrard ahead of that trip to Fir Park. That complacency and the inconsistency has damaged us this season in terms of our targets, and if we carry that on from now till the end of the season it'll damage us again and obviously going into next season it's that's for me to address we'll analyse the season as a whole at the right time and we'll analyse what we've done really well and, and where we fell a bit short and I'll try and obviously um, fix them problems that we've had we are aware that they have changed the, the style slightly that doesn't mean at times that they won't go direct they're obviously playing with exciting wingers at the moment inverted that like to come inside go outside they seem to be a bit younger more energy about them so they've done very very well at home I think it's five on the spin yeah, they've maybe won obviously their away form is, is not as strong at home but you know we're going we're going to their place so we expect a good Motherwell team Alex what type of challenge lies in store for Rangers they showed on Wednesday they can negotiate a game without Alfredo Morelos tomorrow they have to do it without Alfredo Morelos and without Ryan Kent yeah, Kent will be a big miss for me, Gordon. He has been the standout player alongside Morelos in terms of his contribution. Uh, so they have to negotiate that with him. Uh, I think when you look at Rangers, when they actually come out the blocks flying, as an example, the other night, two goals within the first 20 minutes, they have to take the game to Motherwell because there's no point in Celtic losing points today if they're going to try and bridge that gap because, again, the league is finished. So they have to start the game ever so well. And they have to be ready for the physical aspect because Curtis Main is a handful. Darrell? Um, yeah, um, what Rangers have to do is prove that they've got more than three consecutive wins in the in the run-in. I think they have actually managed four at one point, four? by the way. But no. how do okay. we look? Three, three, four. They put Stephen Davis and Defoe in the lineup, and I think if they are going to be centerpieces, as Stephen Gerrard alluded this week, then another big performance from those two. I think Motherwell, yes, they've been in good form, but I just think when there's nothing left to really play for, I think that has an impact. You saw it today with St. Johnson. Rangers have an impetus Rangers have a motivation To keep going Into the post-split fixtures I think Rangers will win Whether or not They can start to eat Into that gap even more Well Let's see tomorrow Well Motherwell nil Rangers 2 In a nutshell <laughs> That was That was a nutshell <laughs> uh, We've still got a bit of time Let, Let's hear from Oren, Oren Kearney or Brian Rice We've only got time for one of them You get to choose Hugh Keevans That's Brian how much Rice. I care about your Brian opinion Brian Rice Right okay Brian Rice Let's do it I think St Mirren started the game the better, you know, I thought the first 15-20 minutes, you know, they, they were sharp and put us on the back foot, once we changed the shape a little bit, 
I thought we'd, we got into the game uh, and with the best chance of the first half with Steve Davis. But I must say it was a, a great save. You know, I spoke to Steve, he said, boy said it was foot. Great save. I think it's a credit to all the players in the pitch today. I've been in these uh, situations before where it's tense and tight and nobody wants to make a mistake. It was like a basketball match towards the end. You know, back and forward, back and forward, two teams going for it. So then all out attack at us. I was going in the 93rd minute to try and win it as well. Doesn't change a great deal at the bottom, no. Hugh Evans. No. Both teams would have been desperate for the win. They couldn't get it, but it sounded we were listening uh, to Fraser Wish it. You could hear the crowd reaction, but there was a bit of a mutual appreciation there for both teams going out there and, and, yeah. and trying their best this afternoon. And that's good to hear after the kind of week we've had where we had a game where there was no mutual appreciation whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but Hamilton, for me, have survival instincts that are sharper and more readily seen. Than St Mirren and Dundee And that's why I think Dundee will go down automatically And St Mirren will face a playoff There's a prediction you've all been waiting for You can just go and Bet your bottom dollar It'll be everything The opposite of what Hugh Keevans just said But that's the way he operates Thank you to Hugh Daryl Broadfoot Alex Ray and Gordon DL The top team all around the grounds as well But the biggest thanks As always Goes to you For your company this afternoon For your calls and tweets On the open line We are back on Monday night From 6 o'clock I'll be here With Alex Ray And Hugh Keevans We would love it For you to join us And as for the meantime You know you want to get Your weekend started So stay right there GBX is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com.